Hello, I'm Rick Springfield, and you're listening to Your Morning Coffee, the podcast. Weekly music news for the new music business. From Spotify, Spotify meets Shopify. Turn your artist profile into a virtual merch table. From Juan Camilo Sarasa, tips to monetize your music from day one. From Music Business Worldwide, six of the most innovative digital music platforms you might not have heard of from around the world. And from our friend Sherry Hu, how much are artists really making on Twitch? We've got this. We've got a whole lot more. It's Jay and Mike. It is the Your Morning Coffee Podcast. Stand by for transmission. This is London Coffee. Wake up! The revolution is at hand! Your Morning Coffee is on the air. Your Morning Coffee, the weekly music news for the new music business. It's the highly curated, agitated, advocated, moderated, and liberated digital music information that you need to know. We are your digital music authority. Now, from our studios in Hollywood, California, here's your hosts, Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchart. Well, top of the morning to you, Jay. <laughs> top How of are the morning. You? It's top of the morning. Not a lie. It's uh, we're starting at three forty-two on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, well, it's usually <laughs> top of the morning. Um, today you were traveling, so we're, we're starting. That's right. We're doing this later in the afternoon. It's fine. You know, at least it's I fine. won't be coughing Absolutely. so much, and you know, I'm, I'm all <laughs> coffeeed out. And so good. You're fully caffeinated, is what you're saying. Oh my gosh! Long ago. Long ago, long ago. I went down to San Diego for the weekend and then headed back and I set a driving record coming back from San Diego to my house. It's like I I just timed it perfectly. No traffic. Wow. Because that can be be an ordeal. It Uh, can be. If if you live in Southern California, you know sometimes... If if the traffic gods are not smiling upon you, it could be brutally ugly. Yeah, on a Sunday well, or a Saturday I'm proud of or you. Friday. I'm, I'm thrilled that you've set the new land speed record uh, for getting home because that, as you're saying, that can take uh, a half a day sometimes. So, congratulations! Oh, yeah. I got out. Um, I drove home Friday night from the Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center. I went to my first indoor concert in over a year and a half. Um, you know. The band, the crew, everybody was masked, um, playing it safe. But it was still just weird and odd. But the show, I don't know it's, if it's because the fans and the band had been cooped up for so long. But um, I went to see Rick Springfield and his band, and they lit it up. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, and what were the requirements upon getting there? Did, did you have to show proof of your vaccination or, or anything? No, of that? you just had to buy a ticket. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, as I, I mentioned, well, I, I, I shouldn't say that because I didn't come in through the front door. 
you know, because I, this oh, is right. a, a longtime friend and client and I was shooting the show. And so we, you know, I was with the band and crew and we had dinner and then we came through the back. So I don't know what the, uh, what the requirement was. Yeah. When I saw, I, I think I mentioned, I saw Lucas Nelson and promise of the real back last month, I guess it was. And, um, very proactive, very professional, um, very fast actually, but 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 showing proof of vaccination basically before they or, or else I think it or else it was a a negative test from maybe in the last forty eight hours. Gotcha. I, I think that's what it was, um, and it was super professional and they and it was not a long wait. Um, oh, good. But that's that was my first, and that's and I haven't. And had, did had you one do since. that when you got the ticket, or did you do that? Like as you're coming in, as you're getting searched, you show it. Yeah, that's that's where it was. You had to show it that day. So okay. so they were checking gotcha. everybody's proof of vaccination gotcha. as we went in. So gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually playing a gig with a with a band uh, in December. So it'll be the first time I've played a gig. Wow. I've been on stage for a long time, and I'm looking for you know like like I'm sure those Springfield's band was and Springfield himself was looking forward to it. Oh man. Uh, it, it, it'll be a gas. I can hardly well, wait. Well, let me know. know when you're playing. I'll come up and heckle you from the side oh there you go i've been kicked out of a lot nicer places by the way um this week (laughs) i wanted to tell you uh for those that don't already know it's um the music tectonics uh conference oh yeah uh starts tomorrow which is october Mm -hmm. 25th and runs through wednesday october 27th um it's virtual and in person uh there's a lot of great speakers um that are coming up um, Will Page, who uh, we've talked yeah, about a lot on this podcast. Of course, yeah. Mark Mulligan, who we've talked about oh, from wow. Media. By the way, Will Page has an amazing book, uh, Tarzan Economics. Dina Lapult, who we talked about, the attorney, right? Yes, Just like a couple yes. of weeks ago, she's going to be there um, speaking. Um, uh, Angela Abbott from Pandora. Uh, Sanjay Amin from YouTube Music, uh, Barry Bashkoff from Instagram. I used to work with him at Warner years ago. Good guy. Okay. Anyway, so if you're uh, into music, if you're into technology, which I think you probably are if you're listening to this, yes. check out the Music Tectonics uh, um, podcast, their conference, their app, you know, their blog. Um, and, you know, this they isn't a, a paid job. sponsor or anything. We just happen to no. really dig... Uh, Dimitri and his team over there, they are phenomenal. So there's awesome a, little, folks. a little plug awesome for Music folks. Tectonics this week. Absolutely. Online. And by the way, the the man doing the plug-in, he is none other than Jay Gilbert. He is the curator of the Your Morning Coffee newsletter, which of course is what we rep, uh, reference here on the podcast. He's also a former executive with Universal, Sony, and Warner Music Groups, respectively, and one heck of a nice guy. Why, thank you so much. And, and my good friend here, Mike, is a longtime host of Sound and Vision Radio, formerly of SST Records, remember them? Warner Music, mm-hmm. capital EMI, and Universal Music. And my go-to guy, whenever I want to see a really, really good documentary, anything new coming up? That we, I mean, we talked about the Beatles last week and some other, anything yeah. new on the well, you know, and. I- uh, well, since I was out of town for the weekend, I I, I do have uh, the Velvet Underground one on my list, which is on Apple Plus, I believe. Yeah. Um. And uh, but no, I haven't. I didn't watch anything last week. So all right. But well, I'm we'll, gearing up. I'm. We'll have to. I've talk warned about the that. family for the when the Beatles get back comes out that 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 is what Thanksgiving is all about this year for the yeah for yeah the yeah. Family. Before we get into the stories this week, there was something that we're not going to cover in depth, but I thought it was really interesting. The Clubhouse, you know, the app. Um, yeah, everybody's been pretty high on Clubhouse. They um, now have a high quality auto mode 
or audio mode, which is pretty cool. And mm -hmm. um, it took them a moment, but I think that's really good for the music business. Um, you go yeah. to where the party is, right? We always say that, you know, don't start yes, your own party. And they've got a party over at Clubhouse. And this isn't that different than things like Spotify's Green Room, uh, Twitter Spaces, even Discord, you know, has stage channels. So um, I think it's really important uh, that if you're on Clubhouse, now maybe you can get your artists, or if you are an artist, um, get involved in uh, playing that music over Clubhouse. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, we must thank our sponsors that uh, help, oh, us out, yeah. help us put the show on every week. Absolutely. And uh, without them, we would be just dead in the water. Yes, so <laughs> one of our, uh, our, our one of our main and newest uh, sponsors is TiVo Music Metadata. By the way, they offer obsessively deduplicated artist album and song IDs, expert written editorial content and ratings, verified images, weighted deep descriptors, similar artist band members and influences, authoritative credits, personalization, discovery and search APIs, purpose-built solutions for classical music, and a global connected car platform linking broadcast radio with streaming. They rock it. Uh, if you want to get yeah. more information, go over to TiVo.com slash music. And I am a huge I fan, huge fan of TiVo. Uh, Absolutely. The uh, TiVo Absolutely. music metadata. Uh, dig what those guys are doing over there. Um, your Morning Coffee podcast is also brought to you by your friends at Bandzoogle, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform, makes it super easy to build a beautiful website and the EPK for your music. They have tons of features, uh, every feature you would need for a professional website, and everything is built right in. Hosting and custom domain name, they make it really easy. Dozens of fully customizable design templates. I've used a bunch of these myself. Uh, tools to sell your music and merch, commission-free commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features. That's key. Mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Your Morning Coffee podcast listeners can go to bandsugle.com, try it for free for 30 days, and just use a promo code MORNINGCOFFEE, all one word, Morning Coffee, and that'll get you 15% off your first year of any subscription. That's bandsugle.com, promo code MORNINGCOFFEE. And big thanks, of course, to HypeBot. Since 2004, HypeBot has chronicled the new music industry and the trends and technologies that are changing how music is discovered, it's consumed, it's marketed, and it is monetized. It is edited daily by founder Bruce Houghton with help from Owen Davis. HypeBot and sister music blog, Music Think Tank, are published by live music discovery and marketing platform Bands in Town. Ah, speaking of Bands in Town, over 65 million music fan, live music fans. By the way, that, that was updated. Last week, we said 55. They reached out to me and said, you know what? We've grown. It's over 65 million live music fans trust bands in town to get personalized concert alerts, recommendations, and messages from their favorite artists. It's the number one artist services platform connecting over 550,000 artists with their super fans. Managers, labels, agencies, and artists access their own dashboard to manage and promote their tour dates across all platforms. Yes, cool. indeed. Big, big, cool. big thanks to music med to TiVo Music Metadata, yeah. Bandzoogle, HypeBot, and Bands in Town. Boy, we sure appreciate it. And uh, sure let do. us jump into some stories. Yeah, then, well, before Jay. we do, just really quickly, we had something odd happen last week. We actually, oh yes, um, in we we talked about on the podcast a story that wasn't yet in your morning coffee. And so this week, I thought we would just kind of quickly, for those that really follow along with your morning coffee, uh, that story we talked about last week, um, and we featured it, is called uh, 12 Predictions for the Future of Music. 
um, by Fred Joya. And I just want to, we don't have to go through the whole thing again, but just for those who uh, follow along with uh, your morning coffee, the newsletter, um, we're going to just really quickly run through those 12 things. Number one, record labels will gradually lose both the ability and desire to develop new artists. Uh, His prediction Mm. number two, more new artists will get their big break from web platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Peloton, Bandcamp, you know, than from record labels. Prediction number three, listeners will have favorite new songs, but not know who or care about the name of the artist. Some of that's happening now. Um, Number four, musicians' incomes will continue to shrink. God, I hope not. Uh, Number five, dead musicians will start showing up everywhere. Number six, dead musicians will begin performing everywhere. You want to take the rest? <laughs> yeah, number seven. By the way, it's Ted Joya. You, I think you said Fred. It's Ted. Oh, did I say um, Fred? Sorry about that, Ted. <laughs> it's okay. It's I just wanted Lord. to make sure you... Uh, trust me. If we're not mispronouncing the their names, then we're just That's saying right. it wrong. Okay, thank you. <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, number seven, exciting new music trends will continue to emerge, but increasingly they will arrive from outside of the major Anglo-American urban centers that previously determined what songs people heard. Number eight, um, the biggest deals in music will be acquisitions of old songs, especially publishing rights. Of course, that's happening as well. Uh, number nine, the official industry figures will show that music biz- that the music business is growing, but these numbers will be highly misleading because a high por- a portion of those music profits will actually go to tech companies. Number 10, all the innovations in music tech will come from outside of the legacy music industry. Number 11, record labels will increasingly pursue a bare bones, low investment approach. And number 12, the greatest dream of the music execs will be to get out of the music business. They will try to sell (laughs) NFTs or promote audiobooks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what a great piece. Uh, It was really interesting. And, and, um, Listen, and some of that obviously is happening, and and yeah. and I was, it's funny because I was I was literally this weekend visiting some friends, as I mentioned, down in San Diego, and a buddy of mine sh- shared with me his Spotify playlist, which is twenty three and a half hours, and 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 we we sat there and listened for probably three hours, and probably every ten minutes, I'm like, God, I like this song. Who is this? And he's like. I don't know. And he'd look at the phone wow. or, yeah. and I don't know. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. And I find myself that way as well. I've got a, a playlist of songs who, uh, if you put a gun to my head, I'm, sh- I'm not sure I could remember who the artist is. Yeah. And, but you know, I think that's also healthy in that I will listen to some playlists. Like I think I mentioned a while back that country coffee house, which is really more mm-hmm. like Americana and right. uh, largely female and I was listening as I was working pretty much all day. And every time something came on that that grabbed me, I went, oh, what's that? And I would drag it over into my you know yes. save folder. Um, I was listening to, gosh, there was just so much good stuff in there. But uh, yeah, if you want to hear a deep dive uh, on this, check out uh, episode last week, uh, Your Morning Coffee Podcast number 62. We, we dove a little deeper into this story. But since it was kind of out of order, we just wanted to touch on it again this week. Yeah. But but in general, I would say that Ted is pretty darn. I think yeah. I most of those things. I, I mean, there's a couple that I that I would kind of go. Mm, I'm not sure, but boy, a lot of them, I'm like, mm, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so, good yeah. stuff. All right, well, let's All dive right. in. Speaking of Spotify. Let's talk about Spotify meets Shopify. Turn your right. artist profile into a virtual merch something or other. I, can, is there, I think I'm missing a line there. But uh, Spotify... Merch table. And, 
Um, no, no, I, I was table. missing a line too. Yeah, it's it's uh, your artist profile into a merch table. And to be fair, um, there has been merch on Spotify already, but this is different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they had a partnership with uh, Merch Bar, and with Merch Bar, you could have I think it was three things that you could um, kind of put on your artist page. You know, a CD, maybe vinyl, maybe a T-shirt, something yeah. like that. Right? This is different in that this connects. Um, Shopify, which is like a full-on, you know, integrated, robust store. Uh, and it's still also, uh, you can put a few items up there to kind of lead people that way. You know, um, I think this falls under innovations, even though they've already had merch on Spotify. This mm-hmm. is this is so much bigger and so much better. Um, of course, you have to have a Shopify uh, account and you have to go, you know, set that up. Um, and that may, for a DIY artist, that may take a, a hot minute, but it's something really uh, good for you to do because not just having your merch, you know, that uh, Shopify uh, integration, they've already had, you know, ticketing, right? Um, they've already mm-hmm. had, you know, tipping, which we talked about last week. Thank you for correcting me. And, you know, fans first emails, which we can get into a little bit. But um, I'm really excited about this. I think eventually it's going to be a destination almost like a website where you'll go into your favorite DSP and there'll be, you know, experiences. There'll be merch. You know, there'll be uh, ways that you can interact with your favorite artists. I think really that's, that's where we're heading. And you know, out of the artists that you work with, let's let's say the the, the top ten you artists you work with, how many of them really get merch and really maximize it? Do most of your artists do that, or is it still something that you kind of have to? Nine out of ten do. Nine um, out of ten. Do. Yes, because it's so much revenue for them. I have two artists that are touring right now that are basically making almost the same amount of money each night from their guarantee or their ticket sales as they are for merch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It is, it can make the difference of whether you're going to sleep in the van or sleep in a hotel. (laughs) But they're just enormous. I mean, that's, that's saying something that really is saying something. And, and I always kind of wonder too, you know, historically when, when we were even before we got in the business, you know, when you're, when you're young and going to concerts and I, and I would occasionally buy a t-shirt, but usually not. But, but, I wonder if in those days merch was as important as it is now. You know, I like don't think it was. I, I really yeah, I don't, don't it because either. it wasn't uh, super expensive. The venues take a big chunk of merch, um, right? Yeah. And a lot of the merch is happening now. You know, like this with Shopify. You know, um, you keep mm-hmm. the lion's share of the revenue. Um, right. If you have your own website, you know, direct to consumer, you're keeping the lion's share of revenue. But the other thing is. And I, I don't know, I'd have to check, you know, against inflation, but some of these shows I go to, I'll see t-shirts for like $40, $45, you know. Um, I saw uh, this one that was like a $55 long sleeve shirt, like a baseball shirt. And I'm thinking, there's a little bit of profit in here because those shirts yeah. are probably, you know, when they make them in bulk, they're probably paying like 3 $4 for each one. So there's a little right. bit of markup there. And I would, I would, I would, I was just kind of, as I was reading this article, I was kind of wondering to myself, you know, who are the kings of merch when it comes to 
big bands. I, I would put Kiss up there yeah. at, at the top of the of the heap. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it would be fun to see. And of course, th- that data is is not available. But or maybe it, maybe it's somewhere. But it would be fun to kind of see a, a, a top ten or a top twenty of the most successful bands of of merchandise. Yeah, and uh, and see who's. I, I'm sure there would be some surprises that that we wouldn't know about. I but. I think yes and no. I think that the the big touring artists you know whether it's the billy eilish you know of the world or you know that mm-hmm. i think we can kind of get a sense of who those you know kings and queens of, of merch are and there is so much so much revenue to to be made there and i think to to kind of drive it back to this story you know you'll be able to choose like three items from your store that you want to feature and you can, if you don't want to necessarily or know if you want to have, you know, pay a Shopify monthly fee, um, they're mm-hmm. offering a 90-day free trial for all Spotify artists. You get to this through your Spotify for artists. So if you're an artist, you have to claim your artist page, Spotify for artists, Apple Music for artists, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and if you really want to get deep and go into other DSPs, Pick up Mike Warner's book, uh, Work Hard, Playlist Hard. Playlist Hard. Step-by-step instructions for you know multiple DSPs and platforms on how to claim your page. Um, I highly recommend it. But anyway, um, this is, is super important for you to drive that revenue. It's only available in, at least yeah. initially, in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, UK, and US. So yeah. all these are English-speaking countries, and I think that's probably why um yeah but i am super excited to get my artists to connect and integrate their uh shopify and if you're not familiar with shopify you know google around about them they're they're much more than music they do a lot oh yeah huge huge things are wonderful back-end services for anybody who's got an online presence that's right absolutely so very cool and uh, of course and their names are so so similarly close shopify (laughs) shopify Spotify. exactly yeah good stuff do you remember uh, that i'm sure was i'm sorry that site i was telling you about where you could go and see songs that were never played on spotify not even once that was forgotify so Forgotify, Spotify. I told my, as I was listening to that playlist of my friends, I mentioned <laughs> Forgotify too. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so good. So oh, good. yes, indeed. All right. Up next, we've got... Um, now, th- now you kind of... Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, you, you had a little hand yeah. in this. This yeah. is from Juan Camilo Sarasa, yeah. and he is an interesting chap. And I was not familiar with this uh, site or with him until I, I saw this. Um, yeah. A really interesting article on uh, monetize your music from day one. Yeah, he reached and out to me, and we had a really cool conversation. He reached out to Bruce Houghton from Hypot, mm-hmm. um, and I had a call with him, a Zoom call. Um, a really great guy, and he told me he was, you know, going to do something like this. And when I read it, I, my head was nodding up and down, so I wanted to make sure we we covered uh, some of these things. And uh, yeah, I was honored to contribute to it, but he did the lion's share and did the heavy lifting. And by the way, his website is called Keys of B Sharp, uh, and it's music business information for emerging artists. And if you're a musician, you might know that B Sharp is actually C. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why he, he interesting, but uh, is that like a yeah. E Sharp? Uh, it is, which is an F. Yeah, thank you very uh, yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm here all week. Just trying to keep uh, up. 
There you go. Tips to monetize your music from day one. And, you know, you forget, again, we've talked about this so much, that, you know, artists are artists. And sometimes you need to see lists like this to kind of make sure you are covering all the bases. And yeah. at a time when it's it literally is fractions of pennies, uh, all of this, re, uh, you know, all of this um, list checking that making sure you're there and doing this is super, super, super important. Of course, yeah. they have streaming and merchandise, which we just talked about both of those things. Right. Um, he's got sell your talent, right? Personalized songs or poems. And we've bumped into a lot of artists that are doing things like that. And and not even music artists, a lot of people that are basically doing, you know, they'll they'll do your voicemail message or things like that. Right. Monet- right. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's stick on this just for for a second because um, that's really important. You and I have been talking a lot about, you know, cameo.com and Mm -hmm. um, uh, thrills.co.uk and Patreon and things like that. And I think experiences play into sell your talent. You know, he's talking about, oh, maybe you write a birthday song for somebody or, well, that's, you know, what cameo is, is a lot of that is, you know, you're getting a celebrity to give a shout out to a friend or sing happy birthday. I had the soup Nazi from Seinfeld do a birthday message yes. for my dad. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. You know, now there's no doubt uh, which uh, kid he likes the best. Um, but I just say it. But you and I were talking about um, this influencer. I mean, because when, when you talk about things like, you know, TikTok. And you talk about, you know, YouTube, there are these, these influencers. And we had a a little chat about that as well. And we, we reached out to Carla Turi, um, from, uh, Symphonic, but she's also Mm -hmm. an influencer on TikTok. And she had something interesting to say. So let's listen in. Do you accept music from artists or, uh, or do you only feature music that you discover? Yeah, I always feature music from artists. Um, I'm on Submit Hub. I'm on Playlist Push. Uh, people email me their music. People DM me their music. Um, I'm always looking for new music. So absolutely. What kind of genres or moods are you looking for? So, you know, indie folk and indie rock is kind of like my bread and butter. That's just the music I naturally gravitate towards. Um, but I take all different types of music submissions. Um, it's really not, um, limited to anything. I like all genres of music except country. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Your honesty is refreshing. And I, and I do have a country playlist. I will say that it's like my take on country. It's called confused cowboy. So, you know, I do try. (laughs) So you build playlists with some of your discoveries, right? Absolutely. Yes. And what are some of those playlists? Where can people find them? So my Spotify is called Carla's Infinite Playlist. Um, and that's also the name of my TikTok. So if you search either of the, if you search either platforms, you'll find me. Um, and like, for example, on on Spotify, I have a playlist called Underrated Indie Women. And that playlist is pretty much all musicians that I found like from TikTok or from like submissions mm-hmm. um, or just, you know, like musicians that I found that I, that I love. So I definitely work in um, submissions into all of my playlists. How very cool, Jay. That was a, yeah. that was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important. Um, there are certain companies out there not to get too far in the weeds on influencers, but I will. Um, 
there's a really cool company called uh, Songfluencer um, that we're using mm-hmm. for a couple of um, campaigns right now. And it's, it's run by uh, Johnny Cloherty, who you may know from, I believe the company was streaming promotions when I first met him maybe five or 10 years ago. And um, this Songfluencer has really taken off. And it's uh, if you're looking for uh, influencers, especially on TikTok, um, uh, check out Songfluencer. So anyway, um, the next one on here is like uh, monetize other skills. You know, are you a good mm-hmm. uh, photographer? You know, are, are there any other skills that you have? Um, are you a good artist where you could do uh, album covers or track covers? Um, one of my artists, uh, a lot of their artwork that they have on their albums, singles, posters for tours, that sort of thing, are all done by this woman who's in another band. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, and and uh, it's funny, who was I talking to? I remember the late, late great Phil Hartman, who was on Saturday Night Live and, and a used wonderful to be my actor. neighbor. Oh, he was, yeah, I, he, in that's right. yeah. I remember that. That's right. Great talent. And 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 he he was a, he designed many albums, uh, album covers. Yes. And he, Do you uh, remember great, any off the top of your head? I I don't. Uh, one of the Poco albums, I remember, oh, it was a really striking drawing? With the horse. Yeah. Yes, that was Phil Hartman. Yeah, that's crazy. So there's a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So I, of course I he talked. Yeah, uh, we, we of course he talks about funding. You know, the most engaged fans will not hesitate to give artists money for their new album through crowdfunding. Uh, and set up tipping. A big important thing is to make sure you do that. Spotify, of course, allows artists to link your cash app to your profile. Uh, you never know who's going to feel generous. I think that's so important because I donate to my favorite artists. I buy their merch. I buy still physical goods for them. Um, yep. I try to support them. And we talk about... Tencent in China, how only a third of their revenue is through actual streaming. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. You know, we talked about that story with uh, Spotify a second ago, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they have tipping, they have merch. I think you need to give your fans that opportunity to support you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The next one is, I know near and dear to your heart, own your data. Remember, you don't own Instagram followers. If Facebook shuts down, all your fans go along with them. Make sure to have a robust mailing list so that you don't depend on these services. Yeah, and Facebook recently did go down. And yes. I I couldn't agree with this more. Uh, email still works. And yeah. I think there are also other services out there where you can um, communicate with your fan base via text messaging. That's awesome uh, through direct messaging, through socials. But he points out, own your data. It's, I would say that's you owning your audience and mm-hmm. you don't want to rely just on another platform because if that platform goes away or goes down, you know, you're dead in the water. Of course, look for sync. You know, as he says, make sure you're a pain in the butt to whoever is in charge of looking for sync opportunities. Lots of people are always themselves looking for. So it's a very competitive area that sync licensing for yeah. film and TV and other things. But hey, jump in. You know, and 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 consider that opportunity. And it might even be a student film or something like that. But start jumping in there in any way possible because yeah. that is a huge opportunity 100 percent. and the last one is define your base your fan base isn't defined by your genre so true and it says run an in-depth analysis and demographic and psychographic you know and i talked to him about some of this stuff and with all those big words it sounds really daunting it's not 
you can for free look at things you know like Spotify for artists, Apple Music for artists. You know we talk about. You can look at the analytics in your YouTube channel. There's so many different things, and you can get a lot of great information from that. If you want to step up a little further and subscribe to Chart Metric or Sound Charts or Vibrate, yeah. you know there are different levels that you can go to. Um, and I would encourage people to explore those, but that data can really inform your decisions about simple things like where should we route our tour, but also, uh, what is, who is my audience? Cause we always tell yeah. people, find your tribe. You need to be aware of who your audience is so you can get the message out to them. And you will undoubtedly be surprised when you find out who they are, because there's so, so many times, and, and even back in our days of working at major labels, sometimes you were very surprised at where the interest was, what stations were playing you, what what regions and territories and cities had interested fans. And so you got to check it out. So good article, always worth checking stuff like this out and remembering it and, and making sure you've checked all these boxes, because... You got to do it. It is the, yes, the, the deal the way things are today. So on to the next, Jay. And this one was really interesting because, well, it's from Music Business Worldwide. It's six of the most innovative digital music platforms you might not have heard of from around the world. And I had heard of exactly zero of them. None <laughs> Look, of them. We follow this stuff as closely as anyone. And, and a lot of these I had never heard of. And for good reason. Some of them aren't necessarily... Um, worldwide. Some of them are only available in a couple of territories. Some of them aren't necessarily even DSPs, but uh, like you said, uh, Murray Stassen wrote this from uh, Music Business Worldwide, just such a great place to go for uh, for music news. Um, and it really was kind of uh, kicked off because Apple recently bought a, a classical music streaming uh, platform, uh, Prime Phonic. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that started people talking about, well, what about these niche music service services? I mean, you know, and I think there's a place for it. I think that, you know, you want to hear what you're passionate about. And if it's classical music, having a streaming platform that specializes in classical music, I wish there was something um, like this for, for jazz, jazz. because jazz yes. doesn't really work as well on a mainstream streaming service because mm -hmm. it doesn't, you can't really put playlists together at least coherently all the time with, with jazz because it's an album medium. And I guess you could do things. And I've heard some playlists that are like piano music or, you know, by instrument or whatever. Sure. One of them that's really popular, at least on Spotify. Um, and I know this upsets some people, but it's called jazz for sleep. You know, so, you know, I love jazz music. I love jazz musicians. I would love to, you know, uh, see some of this grow. But before, uh, you know, going down that rabbit hole, let, let's talk about some of these platforms because, you know, these are a lot of these are new to us. Yeah, absolutely. And let me scroll down, actually. So uh, the first one I talk about is called Dido which I'd never heard of. Uh, the global explosion of Afrobeats over the past few years has thrown a spotlight on artists and executives on the African continent. Tech companies based there, including music streaming services, have equally been growing in reach and influence. Um, Dido. Never heard of Dido. And then there's also uh, Udux, which is out of Nigeria, uh, now has deals in place with all three majors, while Kenya-based Mudundo uh, listed on the Danish Stock Exchange in late 2020. Um 
I've, I've never heard of any of those, but we've talked in the past about uh, the African continent really coming along. Basically, in general, as as music streaming yeah. services go around the world, Africa is is super hot right now, no pun intended. Right, and, and like some other of these um, territories, local repertoire is king. Yes. You know, like in France, yes. for example, in Japan. Um, so when we're talking about Dito, it only has 14 million tracks. Most DSPs have about 70 million tracks. So that may seem like a really small offering, but it's another Pan-African streaming service, you know, in Africa, but also parts of Europe. So it's small, but it's also a little niche, you know? Yes. And it says here that their, their streaming their streaming app is built using Tuned Global's white label music streaming app. Yeah. And it offers features such as hundreds of pl- uh, music plays. But it's really interesting that, that there is a, the, that they use kind of a white label yeah. back end technology and branded it with theirs on the front end. So, yeah. uh, and I'm sure. And if, what's really cool too is they also feature a number of, of uh, they do a, a, a donation of various NGOs in the region to kind of help which is call super attention cool. to what they're doing, which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Another one is Fan Label. Uh, it's fantasy record label app Fan Label. It's not a music streaming app per se, but it does offer access to millions of tracks from labels, including Warner Music Group, Universal Music Group, and Sony Music Entertainment. And we were talking about this before we came on. It's like, what? What? <laughs> How is that possible? And it says, uh, it's and it's really kind of a game. It says the goal of the game is for players to pick the songs and artists they think will rise on the charts and then promote the songs and artists they've signed to their virtual label. Sounds like so, fun. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can kind of play ju- junior A&R guy. Yeah, and you also, you can earn virtual royalties, right? <laughs> so yes, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> so you can kind of get in and, you know, um, it's like some of those apps where you build your own city. Uh, but this one, you're basically um, playing in the music industry without the uh, risk of losing millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then this is a, this is an interesting one as well. UFC Ultimate Sound. Uh, it's an entertainment streaming app launched specifically for super fans of mixed martial arts brand UFC. Uh, dubbed and, the first. F- what is? I'm sorry to interrupt you. UFC is that Ultimate Fight something or other uh, ultimate fighting what's the c stand for uh, um, the ultimate you you yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's how how, I'll how much it we while are... you keep going <laughs> i'm curious because i don't know that world yeah, so this is Dub is the first ever music streaming and media app for USC fans. Uh, it provides exclusive access to those athletes through the lens of music. Uh, it's free during a 30-day trial, and it's $5.99 a month for subscription thereafter. Uh, the app is currently available on iOS and Google Play stores in the U.S., and additional markets coming. Um, they can exclu- access exclusive content such as original series and behind-the-scenes videos, athletes' personal taste in music, and That's pretty cool. playlists. It really is I mean, interesting if you're into take that on stuff. Absolutely. By the way, Absolutely. it's Ultimate Fighting Championship. Championships. Okay, there you go. There Thank you. you go. Thank you, Google. Um, so there's a couple of B2B companies that are behind the UFC Ultimate Sound app, uh, a, a company based out of Norway called ACX Music, and then their streaming tech provider, Tune Global. Um, so, but this is, I mean, it's really an interesting take on us. I mean, they're basically taking music and and blending it yeah. with another sort of like a sport, a lifestyle. Media. Yeah, right? a li- exactly. And they're right. you know UFC. Uh, according to this article, UFC has over six hundred million fans worldwide. Yeah. So the potential here is massive. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had no idea and no no judgments or anything. It's just you know I'm 
kind of a football guy and I, that's great that they have, <laughs> but this sounds like it rivals the NFL as far as fans. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Jay and I are not one of the 600 million fans worldwide, no. but Hey, what a, what a great idea. Uh, the next one is called Lyka L Y K a it's a social media platform that includes gift giving and uh-huh. receiving features, secure chat and e-commerce functionality. Yeah. Hasn't been around all that long. Founded in 2019, headquartered up in Silicon Valley and in Hong Kong. Uh, it's describes itself as the ultimate social media a challenger, which is yeah. interesting. Uh, initial operations have focused on Southeast Asia, where it has six million users already. Yeah, which is that? you know small in comparison to some of the the big dogs. But again, you know this is for certain regions and a lot of local repertoire. Um, and it's something I wasn't on my radar, but I, I love learning about these things. You know, um, the next one, Line what? Music, um, Line Music. I wonder if they're uh, related to uh, line, probably not the line six music. Line six, no, stuff, no, I don't think not. so. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. But they've got 84 million users in Japan, you know, and if you think about that, Japan's population, you know, as of you know just a couple of years ago was 126 million. So that's 84 million out of 126. So doing the quick math, that's about, you know, two thirds of the people in the country. Um, Line Music has become Japan's biggest domestic music streaming service. I didn't know that. Amazing. Not surprising, they feature karaoke uh, that instantly displays lyrics to sing along with from supported songs. And, um, you know, and again... A, a player in a region, you know, looking at, at what is needed and what is wanted and, the, and, and what is unique to that region. Yeah. And so whether it's Southeast Asia or Japan, um, I think we're going to see a lot, lot more of these super serving these kind of regions. As I agree. Be. I mean, the- I agree. And I also think that people move. So, you know, there may be an audience in Russia or, you know, the United States for some of these folks that love uh, Japanese music, love karaoke. Um, maybe they've been a subscriber. So I always say that, you know, these streaming service, even though they do have several that are pretty much local, um, they're accessed globally. And I think that just makes um, everything kind of one big community. Yeah, and the last one, which I had never heard of either, is called True ID. Um, it's a digital content platform from True Digital, the uh, which is the innovation arm of True Corp, one of Thailand's largest telcos. So it's uh, yeah. So here we're talking. So again, it's not. I'm sure surprising. It's not coincidental that three of these companies we're talking about are, are Asian are, are, are focused on Asian markets. Right. And um, this one, it offers access to movies, TV, news, music, and sports-related content and features over 8,000 hours of Hollywood and local movies as well as TV shows. It's uh, also the self-described king of sports, boasting the sole prod- broadcast rights for the English Premier League in Thailand. So again, they're kind of mixing up lots yeah. of different content for for a market. And yeah. music is one one of them, but it's not the only one by far. It's so great to have this on our radar though. I love learning about these new things because I remember the first time I heard about Spotify, it was like in an article like this, like this little, you know, um, in the Nordics, there was this little company that was starting to make some waves and, you know, without going too far into the Spotify story, it didn't start off as a DSP with, you know, um, that you paid for. It was one of those, 
um, almost, uh, well, it wasn't almost, it was like an illegal file trading thing. Yeah. And so, you know, they got on people's radar. They, they did what some of these companies are doing and that is owning a region and typically yeah. their own and then yeah. branching out from there. And now Spotify is ubiquitous, but you and I talk about Deezer a lot and there, I meet mm-hmm. people all the time who don't know about Deezer no. because they're, yeah. Mostly XUS, they do have some of a uh, you know a North American footprint, but primarily um, XUS. Um, but they're growing here, and that's how it starts. Articles like this, yeah, absolutely good stuff. Interesting, uh, and uh, thanks to Murray for putting these on our radar. Yeah, um, and you know, and I, and as I was reading them, it, it, I, I thought back to basically the marketing of artists, and and that was always kind of the approach we tried to take as well, which is, you know, don't try to, you know. If, Basically, find where that little spark is, and then make that a flame, and then make that a brush fire. And but you know, you have to start in regions like that, in small areas, and kind of tell a story and build a fan base, and then move it out from yes. there. And cl- clearly, that's what is happening in a lot of these regions. I couldn't agree with you more. We used to talk about well, wh- where did that record break, right? Yes. And that was typically. I remember years ago we were working counting crows, and I was living in San Francisco, and they were from the Bay Area. In fact, one of them worked mm-hmm. at the Tower Records down the street from my house, and that record broke because of the heat. In, you know, it was San Francisco radio, and so yeah. then, as you just so eloquently described, it's a brush fire. Then it just starts spreading to yeah. other markets. It's rare that something breaks globally. You know, unless no. you're a crazy frog or baby shark. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or something related to a movie that's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's rare. So, you know, and, and again, we, you know, I think in the U S more than any place on the planet, we are so, uh, because things start here and go outward, we're, we're very focused on this market and yeah. we tend not to think of the other markets with the same attention. Um, but it's, and, and what their needs are, because it is different in, in yeah. all these markets. And, and they like, like we, again, we keep coming back to Tencent, which is, you know, in, in China and only a third of their revenues from streaming and yeah. everything else is tipping and merch and all these other things. And that's dramatically different from the way it is here. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on it is that you can go into your, you know, let's say Spotify for artists, um, and you can see where your fans are listening to your music and, a fan is a fan, right? I have yeah. people that, unless you're touring in a certain market, let's say you're in the U.S. and you're touring in the U.S., yeah, you want to focus on those markets and, and growing that, uh, that brush fire. But if you're putting out music, it doesn't matter if that fan is in Zimbabwe, London, or in your hometown. A fan is right. a fan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's cover the last story. Our friend Sherry Hu, who, by the way, I think I've said this before, uh, the layout of her pages and stuff is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> she does such, her graphics are great. Aside from the wonderful stuff that she talks about, and and, and yeah, and you're it, only it, seeing it, a, it, a small piece of it. I subscribed to yes. her to her Patreon and and have yeah. for a while, and you get some of these things a little bit early. But she is super smart and does the research, which is the yeah. core of it. But to your point. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It's it's almost Lovely. like you and I talked about that article from Will Page called Twitch's Rockonomics. And I still think about it because it was it was art. I mean, how beautifully laid out yes, it was and the gorgeous. graphics and the charts and it just t- we're visual beings. That's why your morning yeah. coffee is laid out the way it is and it's not oh, just which all is text. Also well because yes. if it was all text, people's eyes would gloss over. You need That's to right. feed that uh, visual Absolutely. aspect, right? 
So aside from the wonderful things she does uh, and, and her knowledge base and everything, it, it just looks gorgeous. I mean, yeah. it's a beautifully laid out page. Anyway, let's talk about Twitch because, oh boy, something happened with, at Twitch not that long ago. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you want to lead in? And well, then they got I'll broken in. into. Um, there was yes. 125, gig, 125 gigabytes of data that was uh, leaked, unfortunately. And, you know, so make sure you change your password if you haven't already. But not only that data, but their entire source code, right? Account info, earnings for hundreds of thousands of their top streamers were leaked out. And then they were placed online. Um, And before they were taken down, a lot of smart people like Sherry grabbed the data. (laughs) And so they're going to she's going to share it with us now we've talked about twitch a lot because twitch used to be more of a gaming platform and it still sort of is but it's so much more and i have several artists on there that are doing really creative things but for those who have never used twitch think of it as a high quality tv show on you as an artist that runs maybe two three times a week uh, yeah. for two three hours and it goes from a laptop not from a uh, mobile phone so mm-hmm. there's typically there's a nice set typically there are nice graphics there's a running chat as you're doing these performances and a performance could be you talking about your new music and then playing a little bit of it it could be you know like if you look at jay gregory's site or site his twitch you'll see him actually recording the album and showing you do the overdubs and the different beats, and yeah. he'll and you're ch- and then he'll look over at the chat and go, "Oh, Mike, you're in here today. What do you think of such yeah. and such?" It's so interactive, and it's such a community that when you go in there, other users will buy you subscriptions. Other users um, will engage with you. You you come in and they say, "Oh, you know, Jay's here. Hey, how you doing?" It's it's such an amazing and infectious community for music that if you haven't checked out Twitch. Make sure you do. And we knew that there were artists that were making a lot of money on Twitch. We'd read that, um, but we didn't yeah. know how much. Let's talk but about we do. how much. I would love for you to run down some of these artists, but before you do, um, the top 10 music accounts on Twitch you know, are earning between $50,000 and $400,000 a year. That's the top 10 music accounts. And they, they earn that from channel subscriptions, ads, and Twitch bit donations. That's the currency on, mm-hmm. on Twitch. If you want to support an artist, you give them Twitch bits. The vast majority of these accounts belong to independent artists, and that's key. Yeah. You know, and there's yeah. almost no correlation between an artist's Spotify followers and their Twitch earnings. Which is really wild. That is really, really wild. So, uh, check this out. So, so here's here's the top ten. Uh, uh, an artist by the name of the Eight Bit Drummer, uh, between August first of twenty nineteen and October first of twenty twenty one, uh, made eight hundred and forty five thousand dollars. <laughs> check that out. Wow. I mean, that's th- more than three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, Kenny Beats, $677,000. Uh, T Grizzly, $209,000. Logic, $193,000. T Pain, $185K. Um, an artist named Aeseus, a- 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 I think, or something like that. I think like that's that. right. 160- $166,000, Insomniac, $100,000, wow. Hannah or Hannah, $97,000, uh, Mike Shinoda, I recognize that name, $91,000, uh, Soldier Boy, recognize that name, $73,000, yeah. Disclosure, $26,000, pretty soon you're talking about real money. Well, yeah, and if you're making, well, 
let's we won't get into the streaming uh, debate again, but we will certainly yeah. say that if if you're if you've got a million streams, the rights holder is going to get anywhere between three, four, five thousand dollars. So, in order for you to make that kind of revenue on streaming, you're going to have to have some huge numbers. That's why you and Insane. I always talk about sync because there's some real money there. Um, yeah. and, and that's super important merch, which we just talked about. There's some real revenue there touring there's revenue, but there aren't a lot of platforms where artists can make this kind of money. Um, there are artists like Hallocene that are doing really well. What I love about Twitch is it's such a great place for developing artists. There's an artist out yeah. of uh, Los Angeles called finding Elysium. Check out their Twitch channel. It's, um, two women and and a male and they are accomplished musicians well first of all they're Great very players. attractive and that doesn't hurt yes. but they're yeah. also accomplished musicians and they will take requests they will um play their own music same with hallocene um you can ask hallocene hey will you play a song for me but you pay them to do that in twitch bits yeah. hence some of the revenue yeah. and then when you get larger um, Twitch will also pay select artists like $250 an hour in addition to that um, on top of any of their tips, subscriptions, you know, ads in exchange for just staying on the platform and streaming regularly. That's yeah, amazing. That's amazing. They've got a music team. I'm, I'm sorry, just one last thing. They have a yeah, music yeah, team. Um, we've had them on the Music Biz Weekly podcast. Um, mm -hmm. They are in the music business. Right. But she mentions it's still a gamer's world and the tale is long. She says it's pretty incredible that virtually no major label artists are on the list of thousands of streamers whose Twitch earnings were leaked. Just like with other areas of music tech like music NFTs, artist market share in live streaming is the literal reverse of what we see in recorded music with independent artists taking up the majority of the revenue. That is also absolutely unbelievable. She said, that said, just because indie artists dominate Twitch's music charts doesn't mean the playing field is necessarily more level or equitable. Right. The Wall Street Journal found that the top 1% of paid Twitch streamers command over 50% of all direct platform revenue, and that only 5% of streamers have made over $1,000 from direct platform earnings so far in 2021. She says this may be partial because, partially because of live streaming's overall discoverability problem, uh, where there's an increasing amount of noise, but little to no infrastructure to help audiences sift through it. So yeah. really interesting that, well, that when you look at that stuff. Yeah, it's a different business. You know, they, they yes. say here that Twitch is not just a super fan business. It's a consistency business. And that's what I tell people. It's not about the yeah. quick hit. It's not about the quick live yes. stream. It's about consistency being on a few times a week, every yep. week, engaging with your fans. They have these things called a raid where you can take your fans and go raid another oh, artist wow. and I've seen it in action and it's super cool. Um, we, we were talking about Will Page earlier, you know, he did yep. that Twitch rockonomics, which if you haven't mm -hmm. read that piece or oh, seen awesome. it, go yeah. see it. There's a link to it in this piece also, but, but Will Page points out that unlike say, you know, Spotify or Apple music, the unit of artist fan engagement on Twitch tends to be longer form content. Some of the ones that I watch are like two, three hours long. Wow. It's, it's amazing. And it's a whole, whole different um, music ecosystem. You know, the average user on Twitch spends 16 hours on the platform each week. And that's like 
normal for YouTube even is like six hours a week. So Twitch users are on there 16 hours a week. And I can tell you it's true because I'll be making dinner and listening to Jay, Greg, Jay Gregory or Finding Elysium or Hallocene mm-hmm. or whoever. And it'll, it'll be on, you know, for an hour Two hours, depending. You know, it's it's, it's like radio. I'm listening in the background. Sometimes I'll sit down and I'll type in a content. You know, they'll ask a question or something, and I'll type in a uh, a response. And next thing you know, four or five other of the fans are reaching out to me, or the artists themselves will go, "Hey, that's a good question, Jay. What do you think about?" And you are engaged with them. It isn't like just yeah. you know YouTube or Spotify. It's super cool. Well, and, and, and she mentions in here, what Will Page didn't really kind of dive into super deeply, but what she wants to kind of close with in this article is, again, the importance of consistency for sex for success and growth in the top rankings on Twitch. So, you know, it, but that's everything, really. You know, you, 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 you need to be consistently on Instagram. You need to be consistently doing lots of things. And yeah. that, again, is so important with whatever you're doing. But it, interestingly enough, she does mention here at the end, she says, for instance, as of publishing this article, so the 8-bit drummer that's the top guy the top person on the list at 800 mm-hmm. plus thousand dollars the top earning artist on twitch has literally zero monthly spotify listeners how wild is that well, according to the data leak several seemingly random art, uh, cover artists djs and improvisation artists with little to no spotify audience earn more money from direct from yeah. direct twitch earnings per year than insomniac one of the world's most established electronic bands so yeah. it is a different thing i mean well let me use jay gregory again as uh, an example up until just a few months ago he didn't have his music on spotify he had one song and the cover of the song said follow me on twitch he had that on there forever and this is a guy with a lot of followers and he's getting music in film and tv um just an incredible incredible songwriter if you haven't heard of jay gregory uh it's think of jay gregory without the vowels it's you know j g r g r y it does have the y but but anyway um jay gregory now has some music on spotify but up until you know just a few months ago it there was that one song with a cover follow me on twitch wow amazing stuff so really great article from sherry and again you know we we, we it's the new music business and man this it's it is hard to keep up and and it, <laughs> it, it is sure so is counterintuitive sometimes but you know we we're not making this up. This yeah. is all real. But, you know, keep coming back to, to this podcast because we're going to be talking about all of these developments, these new platforms, you know, that we've been talking about and Twitch and, you know, TikTok and influencers. And it's, we like to say that it's changed while we've been recording this conversation. So, <laughs> you know, subscribe to your morning coffee, the newsletter. Oh, and Mike, you, you reminded me, we have a uh, Facebook group now. Uh, for for your morning coffee. So please join the Facebook group. Um, I'll let you in, I promise. Um, And (laughs) voice your opinion on some of these things. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. And uh, if there's things you want to know about that we're not covering, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we do want to also thank our sponsors for, as we wrap up episode number 63, including including TiVo Music Metadata, yeah. uh, Hypebot, Bands in Town, Bandzoogle. Without them, boy, we couldn't do it. We certainly appreciate it. And Mr. Jay Gilbert, let us say toodaloo. Yeah. And thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. This has been episode number 63 of the Your Morning Coffee podcast. We will see you next time.
You've been listening to Your Morning Coffee, the weekly music news program for the new music business. Join Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchard next time for the digital music news you need to know.